Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Jewish Divorce Project. I'm your host, Noam Rauscher. And I'm your host, Liron Tal. Join us as we kvetch and kvel about Judaism and divorce. From our perspective as two Jewish professionals and two divorce coaches. And two Jewish parents with lots of experience and plenty of opinions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jewish Divorce Project. I'm your host, Noam Rauscher. I'm Liron. Just in case you didn't get it enough yeah. in the pre-recorded recording, we're giving you, you know, those introductions again. It's lovely to be here with you on episode 78. I can't believe we've made it this far. I probably say that like every couple episodes, like I can't believe we've made it this far, but I'm saying that frequently. It's something a rabbi should say, right? Like yeah. always saying Shehechianu. Well, I, yeah, and I get to get excited like 78, even though I have not been here for all of those, but it's still a exciting You're part of it. I'm you get to be it. here for this. Inherited. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So you're part of this. There's no question about it. This is as much your endeavor as it is mine. So yeah, 78. That's a lot. I should have been prepared to do like a little drosh on what 78, the significance of it within the Jewish tradition. Is there what one? Is, that? is there a, can you do it for 79? Is that Ayin? It's Ayin 70? I can't remember. Anymore. I have no idea. I can't remember anymore. It's not You've important. Been out of the I was going to riff. I'm not about to go into that. Sorry to disappoint you all folks when you wanted your gematria at the beginning of this episode and you didn't get it. You're fixed. I, I think apologize. everyone will survive. How you been? Speaking of surviving, <laughs> how are you surviving these days? Did you get washed away in the rain? Good. No, actually, um, we went camping again. I noticed. Yeah. Again. President's Day weekend, we took the trailer with our friends, with the quads and the bikes, and we were... I. They knew how to time it perfectly with the storm, and it was amazing. I even got on the quad. We did a little mom's, yes, mom's you, ride. You guys had a big bonfire, too. You were burning Christmas trees. Yes. So the guys, first of all, two of them are retired firefighters. Right. So I sure. always know we're sure. in good hands. Right. We've got, like, an electrician and a, a ex-Marine, and, like, this is why I feel very safe camping with this group because I'm, like, yeah. I don't have to do anything, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the guys bring their Christmas trees. This is their tradition. And they like dug a hole and stuck them so they'd be standing up in the middle of the campfire. And it was amazing. Yeah. They lit that thing on fire. It was big. awesome. Did you feel like the heat all the way back at your campsite? It was warm. And it, and then it just kind of crumbled away. It was so cool. That's a really interesting image. Just the sight. And I was laughing. Christmas so tree. my son Micah was the one helping with the, like digging the hole. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is hilarious. This is his like best interaction, closest interaction with a Christmas tree. <laughs> you could get my boys to do anything as long as it involved fire. It, yeah. it, you know, in some way. Sure. Yeah. We'll dig a ditch. We don't, we won't clean our room. I won't do my laundry or clear the table. You want me to dig a ditch because you're going to light something on fire? I'm there, dude. Yes. yes. No, the, the kids were so excited. That's poured, really like good. gasoline all over it. I mean, it was crazy. Oh, so that was fun. You, but camping feels like every couple of weeks. I mean, I, it's, I, I, it's I'm really impressive. This, this was close. It's whenever I have the opportunity. Honestly, if we get invited by friends, right. like cool. I didn't have to plan ahead for that. Right. Um, we're going camping in the end of March for that's what Jeez. Michael wanted to do for his birthday this year. Jeez. He wanted to camp with like his friends from school. I think that's wonderful. You can and I texted so the parents and was that's like, great. do you guys camp? So none of us have camped together, but it'll be super fun. Right. They're all like cool families. And, and since you know what to do really easily now, you could just, it's like breathing. Well, I'm the one with the trailer and they're all going to be tent camping. That's so I'm going to oh be the, the mama you, bear. Please help us out when it's freezing. You have to provide coffee and hot cocoa for yeah. everyone at 3 a.m. Oh, it's so fun. I have I, I, I get excited because I have like a microwave, so I'll come out with like microwave popcorn. <laughs> you get to glamp it a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, 
it's a wonderful thing you do. It really is. I mean, I have my conspiracy theories about it. Like, I think you're practicing to live off the grid when all goes to shit in this country. But like, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I mean, it's not a bad skill to know. <laughs> because you can do it so easily. It's not a bad skill right. to know. And now you know what you can do with your Christmas trees in the event that you come full circle to that experience. Yes. Right? <laughs> That's really good. That's awesome. So we did that. We had a really great bar mitzvah. Actually, Lauren Connor, who was our guest a couple weeks ago, right. um, it was her son's bar mitzvah. Which I wasn't there for because I was sick. Yes. You missed right. that one. Um, but it was a great bar mitzvah. The temple I used to go to, a Burbank temple. So it was fun for the kids. Uh, the hilarious part was they made it like a speakeasy casino night type of thing. And yeah. so these – I found – my son and his friends who all went to preschool there are now gambling in their old preschool classroom. <laughs> just the image of it itself. It was a great moment. Should have been serving awesome. alcohol and joints. They were like, like chugging their Coca-Colas. Like. Truly upset the innocence of the situation entirely. Yeah, Love it. so that was fun. That's really great. Yeah. How about you? You have like, this is a new start for you. I see you got a new haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a haircut. That's my new big start. That's my eat, pray, love You're Starting with that. It's my big haircut. Yeah, I got a haircut. It's actually the first haircut I got since the bar mitzvah haircut. Yeah. Like, I got that two weeks before the bar mitzvah. Yeah, this is, like, so fresh and so clean. It new feels start. that way. It's interesting. Uh, and I think I mentioned before that there was just so much on my shoulders with the bar mitzvah that getting past all that stuff and then also moving, which needed to be done as well, like, being done with all that allowed me to breathe a little bit and then I was capable of focusing on getting the haircut and now it's like and a new car so it's like a new start yeah yeah new yeah, yeah it is uh, a used car I want to be clear about that it's a used oh, you're car you're so humble right? like, it doesn't matter it does matter you were I really think. excited to get a new you were ready to I'm I was, car was yes it was ready. very ready to do that that car was 15 years old it had close to 160,000 miles on it it had do, done me well but it was time to like Get something new. So uh, that was interesting. That's is that like it's like a lot of things that you're letting go of that were still part of like when you were together. You know, I mean, not to be morbid, but you know, your dog passed away this year, and now it's that 15 year old car. Like this is a big. Well, so yeah, I'm seeing a lot of growth here. I feel like you are going to be attracting now exactly what you want because you're really well. Let's hope because you know it's interesting that you bring that up because. The place I landed after the divorce, right, was a good place. Like, I, I think in comparison to a lot of single dads, I ended up in a really good position, right, in a, in a house with a yard, right, whereas a lot of people might end up in an apartment, mm-hmm. you know, of a circumstance where there's a single dad and he has a one-bedroom place. And when his kid comes over for the 50% that he has him, he just sleeps on a pulled out pulled out couch, yeah. right? So I did a pretty good job at that, yeah. right? And the fact that the car was already paid off and I didn't have to get a new one and it still worked really well was really useful, too. So... I was at a real advantage point, and yet at the same time, I wasn't in a position to like reboot my life entirely, right? It was more just kind of like the separation. And now, yeah, I mean, after all that time, I was unemployed during that time, or I was employed, but I wasn't getting paid very well as a part-time job. And then the pandemic came, and that yeah. eliminated everything. And you know about that. And then, you know, yeah, it really has been. It's been like um, almost a complete five years since I've really been able to like reboot things entirely. Uh, so that, yeah, I mean, and I think there's a lot of getting used to that as well, whether it's the house or the car, uh, and you're right too, Lucy putting her down was a staple of the relationship I had before, got a new kitchen table as well, right? Um, and I'm trying to get rid of the old one and the old one is the first kitchen table that we bought together. And so, you know, have I delayed in doing that because there's been some underlying sentimental value to it? Yeah. I probably have been. Uh, and yet at the same time, it feels really good to kind of 
get rid of it. And then there are other things, right? Like the in the whole move of everything, I bought a new rug for the for my bedroom, right? So I don't have to put my feet on cold wood floors in the morning. In the process of changing it out, I didn't think carefully enough about moving the bed frame and broke the bed frame in the process of lifting it so I could put the rug underneath it. Oh, I had shit. to buy a new bed frame. But you know what? But that's the old bed frame. That's you still had bed. your old bed? Well, but again, this was moving into a new place no, no, but and I'm not saying, having like, the disposable funds to yeah, update yeah, yeah. my life. And so it was like, it's still a good enough bed frame. It still works. Can I tell you, that was the the one and only first thing that I can say when I decided I was moving was I am getting rid of this bed, yeah. the mojo of yeah. that bed. That was like so important to me. Right. That was the only piece of furniture I bought. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I will say from my standpoint, I feel like I reclaimed the mojo of that bed. So yeah. like I will leave that there. Uh, but yeah, it was all part of that was I think, <laughs> but it was coming to the realization of it is what it was like in the process of it. Not that I actively needed to do it and felt like, oh, man, this piece of furniture is weighing me down or it's part of a leftover life that I no longer need or I need to get rid of it in order to, like, complete this grieving process. It wasn't anything like that. Um, it was just a matter of the functionality of it and the fact that it worked really well at that moment. And, again, like, there was just no need to really replace it. But now that there was, and once I did it, it felt really good to do so. It felt like, oh, that like I got no problem. You needed getting, to fully break. But it was also like a, yeah, like I, a little bit of like, a. I, but it you know what it was? It was like I don't feel bad about this. Yeah. Like all right, it's a pain in the ass because now I got to do something with the better piece with the pieces that aren't broken entirely, and now I get a new, get a new bed frame that's going to cost me a couple of bucks. But you know what? Uh, big fucking deal. That's awesome. Right. I think it's kind of crazy as I'm listening because we're still getting to know each other. It's yeah, not yeah. like we've known each other for yeah. for all that long. We have such like an interesting parallel. Our lives are so parallel in so many ways. I mean, not to mention that my dog was also named Lucy and passed away <laughs> in the last couple of years. That I didn't know. But like, oh, that her name was Lucy? You told me that another yeah. point. I'm playing it up right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, just, just, I, I feel like, because I feel like I'm in the same boat too right now. It's like things are settled and I'm feeling like I'm in a really good place. I'm loving what I'm doing for work. I'm, I'm in a good place right now. And it's almost like you have to like. Be okay with that. You have to learn a huge to be like, like not waiting for a shoe to drop kind and, of a situation. And I, don't want, and I don't even, and sometimes want to talk about it because I'm afraid of jinxing it. Yeah, yeah. Right, which is to say it's like, and, and things do feel, they, they, That's they, the feel, in us. they will feel more aligned right now. It is the yeah. Jew in us, it absolutely, but things I will say feel more aligned in the sense that I've also been working for the current job that I have and the type of alignment of being able to work from home and have that flexibility. Mm -hmm. And then also the job really being a reflection of a personal passion. Like I thought being a rabbi was a reflection of a personal passion of mine. This so much more so being the executive director of the Federation of Jewish Men's Clubs has been something I've been working towards and didn't even realize it for a very long time. But all the men's work and everything that I've been doing personally for community the community building years, now, the community, right? All that feeds yeah. into it. And it all just feels really good and is in some ways, yeah, is bizarre. Yeah. Because it's like, when did I get to this moment of alignment? Because I didn't know that I was operating to it, even though I was. You don't really realize that you're out of alignment unless you are in alignment. Let me sometimes. just be clear, right? Because we're right? stepping into woo-woo waters no, here. You're it's okay. Let yourself. I know. You're allowed. <laughs> I have no problem with the word alignment. I want everyone to be clear yeah. in the sense that like there were certain things that I think we're all striving for, right? Certain consistencies, goals that we have. And we wonder if we really get to that point of being 
in the space for those things. That's what I think alignment is. Yeah. And also when you're living in that way that you want to be living, right? Oh, I'm, I'm in the same. I'm right there with you. I'm right. Alignment to me is the same thing. I can get yep. a little bit more deep and talk about the vibration you're on and the energies. Oh, That's where I know I'm going to lose you. But as you're far yeah, as alignment, no, as far as alignment, I feel the same way too. I'm like in a place right now where I'm, I have this job and I'm kind of, I wanted to get back and I was missing a little bit of like, do I want to get back into the entertainment industry? I need to do some negotiating. And so I'm working for a nonprofit, which is amazing and what I'm good at and what I want to do. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, and I feel like for the She Ready Foundation, I feel like I'm really doing something good for good cause. But everybody I'm interacting now because I'm planning her big, um, big fundraiser celebrity event. I'm back to like my old negotiations and I'm dealing with agents and publicists and, and, you know, selling sponsorships and I'm like just on fire. You ready? I ready. You ready? Or she ready? She is ready. Yes. No, I, I feel it. And then at the same time, everything else that's happening with the coaching, and it's just, and I think I was struggling at first with working from home, figuring out how to get the hours in that I need to get yeah. and get to everything and get yeah. to the house. And it was, I would find myself wanting to be lazy. Like I, it was hard at first. There's open space there and I need to fill it with stuff. But I, you know what? It's about figuring out, like I know for me, I'll give myself a day where I am just working my ass off all day long. And then the next day I need a day off. Right. Right. And a day off might be watching a show while I fold laundry. Right. But like I've kind of figured out my limits. Right. And it's like, especially when you get the work done. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing else to do. And even when you're proactive about things that you could be doing, you get all that squared away. Then it's still what do you do to fill the time? And you don't want to be lazy. But there's I know for me, it's like most of it was showing up at work and just being there. So you'd complete your work and just kind of sit around or find something else to do or set up a meeting. But when all that's said and done, then there's other things to be done and you've got your life to worry about and the balance of all of it. So my favorite is that I can like have dinner started while I'm working. Now my kids, oh my God, they've like grown so much. The boys, I mean, our boys are around the same age. I don't know. They are hungry all the time. Like they come home from school. They need two dinners. Like they come home from school and they're starving so I'm like, I got to have something Lots ready. Food. Lots of food. Because all they've been doing is just going to the pantry and eating Soup. snacks. I'm like, no, I'm going to have Soup. like chili ready. I've been doing that. Really? Chili? chili? Do they like the chili ready? I'm not that active. I'll have snacks. I make chili. And when they come home, like they'll have a snack, but they're hungry at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. It's definitely like a fourth or fifth meal. And if I do dinner food. then, they're hungry again before bed. Right. Right? Wow. So, so you're giving like them like a bowl like of chili at like. Another meal? I'll have like a bowl of chili. And then later on, like at. Your kids also do a lot of sports. Yeah. They're really active. And then they end up doing their sports and then they come home and late and they're hungry. So then I'll give them like chicken, right. broccoli or something like that. Well, that's interesting. I can't feed my kids I don't think you could have chili right before bed. <laughs> I don't know. That might be pretty good. That sounds like good comfort food. Oh, it sounds gassy. I could have turkey. I could have a turkey meal before going to bed. That would be amazing. That would be really good. Think about that as we go to commercial break, friends. What do you have before you go to bed at night? Is it chili? Is it a Thanksgiving meal? What helps you sleep at night and doesn't give you gas? From the Jewish Divorce Project. (laughs) The law offices of Alexis M. Langer provide estate planning services, helping California families, business owners, and individuals build a plan that protects them today and preserves their legacy for generations to come. For more information, visit www.alexislangerlaw.com. Welcome back. Can I just so, say, I feel like an idiot taking us out to commercial yeah, was, like that with such a beautiful commercial. <laughs> when did we get the background music? 
That was amazing. That was very meaningful. What was that? That was remarkable. Kind of shit on it right before. Ah. I really did. I didn't mean to. Sorry, Alexis Langer. Yeah, we'll make it up to you. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's funny. Our so our topic for today that we decided that we were gonna riff about is should you get a divorce? Um, I feel like. What are the pros and cons? Pros should you get a divorce cons. or should you stay married? Yeah. Right. And you know what? Or, As divorce coaches. Or, hold yeah. on. Okay. Does it have to be, are those the only two options? Well, so I think within that, we're going to find like there are shades of gray. Yeah. Like already looking at your list, I see how we disagree. And, and, and let's be clear, like as divorce coaches, the tagline goes, right? You're not pro-divorce in any way, right? You are in support of whatever decision your client comes to. Right. You know, you're going through it with them and and you will help them get to the decision where they need to be. I've had clients where, you know, we work for three months together and they end up staying together because they ended up working through with me. Right. How it is that they're going to talk to their spouse about it and what the plan is. And then eventually they come to their moment of talking with the spouse. And we had prepared for the fact that the conversation wasn't going to be in one direction, that it could go in a couple different directions. And it ended up being that they decided to stay together. Yeah, I, I me too. I mean, I, I'm finding that I'm not immediately assuming that divorce is obviously like the best for everyone. There's a lot of different ways to get through things. I do have to say, though, when I was trying to think about some talk, some things to talk about for this. I had a much, I was surprised that I had a much easier time coming up with reasons to stay than reasons to leave. And I think that might have to do with my own personal growth in working with clients. Cause sometimes, you know, you hear things and they're, you know, my, it's hard cause you compare it. It's hard. You compare it to your situation. Right. And sometimes they'll talk about their ex and I'm thinking, what is the problem? He sounds amazing. Yeah, and, and this is you're overreacting, man. You were so lucky he did this and this and this for you. Wow. It's also reassuring. Like, me give me his number. <laughs> I mean, that, like, for as frustrating as the dating scene is, when I hear like these women that I go out with and they tell me about their spouses, like, there's sometimes I feel reassured about myself. You should. Right. Like some of their stories. I mean, there are a lot of dumbasses out there. Right. Not gonna lie. I mean, but... it's just like oh, I wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right. This wasn't yeah. entirely about me. Well, you know what's been also really helpful, I think, for me in my own personal, in my own coaching is, um, I don't know if I told you, a friend of mine from high school reached out, who I hadn't talked to since high school, mm-hmm. because he saw I was a divorce coach, and his wife, his, his wife was telling him he, she wants to end the marriage. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I was like, I wanted to refer him to you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I work mostly with women. And he was like, uh, he's like, can I just take you out for a drink? Sure. So basically, I'm coaching him, and he just buys me drinks, right? It's, okay. He's not the kind that's going to get a, a date. No, it's not a date okay. because we have been All working right. on trying to get him back with her. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not a How date. How do you know he's not working you into like a no, no, E&M no, no, no. poly marriage or something No, like that. not at all. He is like the most traditional. I love my okay. wife. And he has been doing, he's been working on himself and sees that, yeah, he's been working his ass off and not giving her attention. Look, that's a whole other market right there as a divorce coach, which is to say you could be on the brink of divorce and I could help you. Yeah. Or you could be a guy. No, I feel with him it, right. it was because I was telling him kind of like he would talk about her and things that she did. And I'm like thinking, have you? She's probably, you know, I can really see the female perspective and help him. And because he's my friend and not my client, I've been very honest and maybe more blunt than, you know, you wouldn't. Just say how you feel about it. You have to kind of get them there on their Professional own. Professional boundaries. Yeah. Right, but with um, a friend, you can do it things yeah. a little differently. Yeah. But it's been a really interesting journey watching his perspective because I can see that he is really, he has really grown and is really working on himself. She can't see it. And that's just what happens. When you, when women 
make up their mind. This is what I try to explain to him, which I think will be really interesting as we get into this. This was my experience as well. When you are going for years and you're unhappy and you're thinking about, should I stay? Should I leave? Should I? When you finally make that decision and you say, this is not, this is not right. I need to end this. There's this empowerment that happens of like, I am putting myself first now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what's best for me. When the man, when the husband is trying to win her back and he's trying to be really nice and he's doing all the things she always asked for and he's doing that, it's actually working against him because all it's making her feel is, He's just doing If it she starts or... to question and she starts to doubt and she actually starts to see a little growth, then she's like, wait a minute, this is not me putting me first. Right. And it becomes like, um, it, it's a negative feeling. The she best bans, thing is to kind of back off and let her go through the process mm-hmm. on her own. But he was trying really hard but to win her is... back. And then and it ended with her being like, mm-mm. Yeah, but so, okay, so it's counterintuitive is what you're saying, right? If the typical male reaction is to say, okay, She's upset about X, Y, and Z. I can fix X, Y, and Z, right? And what you're saying is that's bad because she's just going to dig her heels in more because she thinks she's not being true to her real self and the boundaries she's now asserted since he can easily just overcome them by fixing things. Yes, but if this was like 10 years or five years of him, her saying, I don't like this, and he he tries, and, and she got to a point of seeing he is not capable of change. Ah, you're saying it's repetitive. If it's happened so many times, okay, then she's finally done. Okay, yeah. Why now am I going to, it's that whole like, oh, now you, now you want to act this way? It's right. too late. Right. Right? So if they get to the point of asking for a divorce or wanting to end the marriage, if-, if It's already gone far enough is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that if a woman is deciding to end a marriage without- it being because of abuse or because of any like real obvious signs, I guess you could say, um, it's that she's made up her mind. And it's really hard at that point, I think, to change. Yeah, I think once you overcome the mental hurdle of it all, you know, it's like I'm thinking with my job about how do I convince these guys about how we need, how we need to switch our focus, right? You could talk about all the programs that you want to do, but unless you really change how you think about it, right, that's another thing altogether. And once you start thinking about your marriage in a new way, Right, you cross that hurdle or you overcome it, then yeah, it's hard to go back. Yeah. Why would you when you've adjusted yourself? Especially when it's taken you so long to do so. Yeah. And the average woman takes what, about like two years to come four to the Four years, decision? they say two four, to four years. years. Yeah, that's a long time. Why would you go back on For all four that? years I was we weren't there before four years. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's but it's been really interesting and it's kind of sad it's been sad to me. I wanna shake her. And be like, look, he's growing. He's actually like realizing he's taking responsibility for what he's done. And but it's not. It didn't go. It didn't. She still went for the divorce. Yeah. So what's he doing now? Is he trying to figure out how he's moving forward? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I'll be fine. Okay, good. And I'm trying to also be like, was she really? Was the marriage really that great? Like, is this oh, really what you wanted? The, the new perspective now. Yeah, like let's no. see if this is actually like how is this going to be a good thing for you? And what can you learn from it? Yep. Okay. Look, I, working with male clients is a real interesting thing. There, there are different avenues you can go, and that's a, clearly a good one too, right? But you're right. If she's so far along, then there's probably nothing you can do about it. But so far, anyone's along in the process. You probably, probably nothing you can do about it. So then I'm like, well, now I'm your bro because like, I'm, he doesn't have anyone to hang out with, and I took him to a strip club. Did you really? <laughs> I did. We went to Jumbo's Clown Room, which isn't really a strip club. Jumbo's Clown Room? You don't know about that place? Uh, you know, I'm a rabbi. Greg, you know, that's a, that's a staple in Hollywood. They don't even get naked. They don't even take their clothes off completely. 
I don't. It's more of like a character fun bar. Character fun bar. It's like a bar with hilarious dancers. What? It's really mysteriously silent. I'm gonna have to take you. Conversation. I'm gonna have to take you. I want to go to Dumbo's clown room. (laughs) I think you. I don't like clowns that much to begin with. (laughs) Why would you want to mix that with sexuality in any way, shape, or form? Okay, let's get back on topic here. <laughs> I just I want to see his his uh, the reference he writes for you, the testimonial. Oh yeah, but t- but tell really me about what happens. Code. She takes you to room. the strip club. Now I can't get this out of my head. I can't move forward Next. without knowing about Jumbo's. Cl- and of course, they need to be an advertiser now since we've said their name Seriously. three times. I, that would be hilarious. <sighs> Don't look at going up through a divorce. Back. Need a transitionary moment. Come to Jumbo Clown's room. Okay, you're killing me. What happens at Jumbo Clown's room? You just get drinks and you see weird No, it's a bar and there's clowns. entertainment. No, there's nothing with clowns. It's like circus theme. Again, and the wh- women are just like mastery like pole dancers. They're amazing, but they all come out in like different characters, so it's hilarious. As clowns? No. No, there's like If that happened, I think you'd ruin sex for me entirely. No, there's like, like the I librarian and then there's the like There's the what? So there's the librarian. Then there's the one in the cat suit. Then there's the dark one that like looks like she's kind of dead. The dark one that looks like <laughs> she's kind of dead. Why do I want to meet a woman that looks like she's kind of dead? I love that I have these two laughing so hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so is is uh, knowing your husband goes to Jumbo's a reason to get divorced? I think it is actually. I think it is. I think I'd probably divorce my spouse if I knew she went to Jumbo's clown room just for a drink. Oh, God. Okay. Jumbo's clown room. I was trying to be like a good guy friend. I was like, "What do you do?" I think I just thought of the title of this episode. Down in the dumps. You take them to Jumbos. Jumbos, Jumbos, Jumbos. Okay. We have all the clouds for your divorcing needs. Oh, my God. Okay, with that, now securely. This is funny because you. In the archives. Okay. Let's get back on track. Back on track. Come on now. All right. We're not editing that out. I just want to be clear to everyone. Don't get your hopes up. That's going to be in there. All right, we wanted to talk about reasons why you should stay together. Lerone took us on this wonderful journey and sometimes it just doesn't work out for as much as you <laughs> might want to try to keep your marriage together. And then it's a nice lead into Jumbo there. Um, we're, we're probably going to have to do an episode live um, from Jumbo. Um, and uh, we wanted to talk about the top five reasons you should either get divorced or top five reasons you should stay married. So we should, should we talk about reasons you should get divorced first? Sure. No, let's do the married one first because that was easier to do than the get divorced one, right? Okay. Didn't you say that? Yeah. You said you had a I can think time. Of, of more reasons to. St- yeah. Okay, let's... fine. And let me just say my whole premise of putting this together was of, like assuming that like it's healthy enough for that, right? Yeah. If there's abuse or danger to anyone's physical health or spiritual or emotional well being for anyone involved, get the fuck out. Yeah. Right? Don't stick around. Marriage and family life is not worth that stuff. Please, you heard it from us, you'll hear it from everyone. It's not worth it. So this uh, exercise is about like if everything's relatively okay, if there's no danger, immediate, urgent danger to anyone's life or health, that's where we're coming from about this. Okay, so let's talk about this. Reasons you should stay married. You want to hear my first one? Sure. 
Okay. The reason I think you should stay married instead of getting a divorce is because there could be something good and necessary for you about your marriage that you can't see at the moment, right? And this is a matter about really working it and really trying to understand it. Because I think the gold standard for marital therapy is um, you each go individually within the same week, and then you also go together in the same week. Now, that's a shit ton of money. Like, if if you're paying $250 an hour for a therapist, I would say for a good therapist, that's a lot of, that's a thousand bucks probably close to spend in a week, right? 750 at the very least. Okay. But if you're really working at it, that means that it's not just a function of how you operate as a couple. It's really a function of how you operate as an individual. And divorce could be a nice, easy way to solve it, right? And I think for a lot of people, it probably is. There's a lot of shit going on here. I don't have the energy to untangle it, right? Divorce can really just allow me to start something new. That doesn't mean you're going to solve all those problems. In fact, we know that people still need to solve those problems post-divorce and as they get into the next relationship. Mm -hmm. So why not just stay in the current one that you're in, preserve the marriage, preserve the relationship, and learn something about yourself, potentially also deepening the relationship? Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was a lot. Go, Jumbo. That was a lot. Jumbo. Um, okay. Yes, I think you, that's a good reason. Fighting for it, staying together. I think one of the reasons I put on here that people, this isn't reasons why I think people should stay. I'm just saying, like, reasons why I think in people general. in general stay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm seeing a big one of, like, they just can't figure out how to live separately. Financially. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a sometimes a reason, maybe not. Many hands make light work, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that. He butts life in marriage. Yes. So I think that a reason, a couple, I think that in every marriage, that it's basically like two relationships. Sure. There's the the business of running a family where you're almost like a business partnership. Are you good at handling finances together, running the household, partnering on, you know, things around the house, taking care of the kids together, the way you communicate in that. If you're good at that. Like, that's one piece of it. But then there's the romantic being in love relationship part. And if just that part of it is what's not working anymore, right? You fell in love, love there's no intimacy, um, there's no friendship and communication. That, I think, doesn't necessarily have to be a reason for a divorce. You might be able to cohabitate or even, you know, and, and, and open up your marriage or, um, or just choose to live together kind of separately in some ways. Mm. And I'm seeing a lot more of that. And a lot of people who have to do that because they can't afford to move out because of the strike or whatever happened and one's not working. And but so they are divorcing. They're just deciding to live together because it's financially feasible. Yeah. And maybe they know that like eventually they'll get a divorce, but it's almost like how do we separate and be together as a step? It's not a and bad midway not, point when you think about it. Right. Yeah. But, and it, but the kids, this is where I struggle in that if you're like, Living together in a situation where, like, you have a guest house, someone's in there, or an extra room or something, and you're not even sleeping. Like, is that good for the kids to see? That's a very good point, right? All Fighting isn't good. All of it. All of it. <laughs> Look, and, and frankly, I did have one of my reasons to stay married is because relationships aren't something that you can avoid in your life, right? Um, we all need relationships. The research is out about that. The quality of our lives are determined by the quality of our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um the tensions that 
people have in relationships don't go anywhere. They repeat themselves. They come up all the time. It's a good argument for the relationship getting deeper and stronger is having those types of tensions and stress on it. Why not stay together and be honest with your kids about what's going on, right? Even from a young age, as people yeah. talk about sharing things with kids in age-appropriate ways about how we're really trying to make this work. We really are, right? We made a promise. And in addition to that promise, we enhanced it with you as a blessing in our life. And keeping this unit together is important for all of us. And we're really going to try in this way. And in that way, you can make the argument, one of my arguments is to get divorced for the kids, right? If it's an unhealthy scenario and you can't make it work and all they're seeing is strife and fighting, you want to give them a better image of what marriage and relationships yeah. can be like. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, if you can show them how to work it out healthily and to build something strong, and even then if you do separate but you're still really good friends, I think you've probably done a lot more of a service to your children than would you have just been divorced. I think that is such an ideal situation that can work if both people genuinely both are on the same page. But I think it's, I think it's rare. I think it's more common that oh, sure. one person wants it and the sure. other one is angry and doesn't. And that's where you can't. I mean, I remember when we sat down with, with my kids, with uh, my older son, and we said, we, we talked about what we were going to say ahead of time, right? And I said, we're, uh, you know, I was going to move out. We're not going to be right. together anymore. And when he asked, are you getting a divorce? At the same exact time, I said, maybe. And he said, no. Oh, really? And it was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> you know, and so that's. But did you guys talk about it in advance? Yes. Because even you said maybe. We was, did. He, was he supposed well, to say Well, I said maybe. maybe? Because, no, he w probably should have said yes, but it was like, Neither it was so fresh. And I was like, that maybe is a little easier at this point because, you know, but the way yeah, Michael said it was so. But you know you should have just said yes. Yeah. Well, then that, and I would say yes, and he would have said no. So that would have been interesting. It would have been really interesting. But that's really basically where he was still not in acceptance that this is happening. I, mean, I remember. He wasn't in acceptance. Like, he couldn't get there. It's a very difficult conversation to have. I remember saying it through tears and needing to lead that conversation. That was a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's not easy. Well, we had such a hard, uh, he had, my son had such a hard time. It was amazing, though, it was Rabbi, his rabbi, Rabbi Carrier at the oh, temple, really? he, when he started, he would, after Hebrew school, he would sit with him and talk to him and um, he really helped him through it nice. because he also had gone through a divorce with his kids. And um, so that was really special. And that's why when it came time for the bar mitzvah, Micah was like, he's my rabbi. Of course. That makes <laughs> sense. That's the whole point. But that was really special that we had that. But um, yeah, I think another reason to stay together, honestly, is like... If it has to do it, it, the age of the kids, I think, is important. I think that if if they're under three, mm -hmm. you have a kid under three and they're still like a baby and the thought of moving back and forth with the I child that age, I think that that might be something that parents would say, let's wait until they're a little old. I'm not saying let's wait until the kids are out of the house, but like, right. I do think there's maybe over three would be. See, I would easier. argue that's actually a good time to do it because the kid doesn't know any better and the kid's not attached to it. No, for and the kid, for the parents, it's really hard. I know that, but I don't think yeah. that's for the favor of the kids, right? I think that's, you know, in favor of the individual parents and that makes a lot of sense. Um, I just think that adds such a layer yeah. of like taking care of a baby is so hard it on does. your own. Yes, I think that's a fool. The trust and the, the la la, just, need, just needing each other to do it. Yeah. Right. And in that way, it does help the baby. Right. Because you're dividing the time up between the parents. And so perhaps they're less exhausted as they could be. Right. So, yeah. OK. 
Um, I also said that there's no reason you should stay married because there's no reason to completely reboot your life and disrupt stability for everyone, right? You could do so moderately by really figuring out what you need to move forward with this thing, even if it's not the marriage that you initially envisioned on your wedding day. Yeah. I think that people don't, when you're married, you don't find the time or really see the need to really have that, those times for self-growth. You also, it's like, it's like a gift you get when you have a weekend without your kids. You're like, Ooh, what am I into? Who am I? You know, you don't, you don't, I wish my married friends did that. So, but this is what but they I don't think. do it. And then they just they you start to assume your happiness is should be coming from your spouse. And you don't even oh, no. have that moment of really figuring out when you're married. Or that hard. the family should be the source of the happiness. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think is is the shift that's really going on culturally is that, you know, all these needs to focus on the self, like you're saying, to do that self-care within the confines of a marriage, I, I don't think was really, really much around in past generations. It certainly wasn't around for women. Yeah. Right, uh, and, it's, and it hasn't been around for men either because there's. It seems like there's just been this commitment to the family, right? You've got to do everything together, um, and if you spend too much time focusing on yourself, then you're not really committed to the family. But it seems the way the shift has gone is through that example of the the oxygen mask in the plane, mm-hmm. right? You need to be able to really focus on yourself and take care of yourself if you're going to then take care of the family, and if that means divorcing in order to do it right, then you must be able to do that. You must divorce in order to be able to take care of your family. Whereas again, a generation ago, I think it was, no, no, no. The family has to come to the sacrifice of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think back and I'm like, wow, I feel like I've really gotten to know myself so much more these last years. And I've had a lot of time on my own and I've figured out who I am. And I'm like, if only I could have done that while I was married, would anything have changed? That's my own personal. Or if you co-parented. Right. In marriage, if you took the time off from kids guilt free just because that's the way you arranged it. Yeah. Part of that's some of the grieving process and the bargaining. Right. That would be a good example of knowing that you're still grieving a little bit or there's still a little grief there. If you go back and you start thinking like, oh, I should have done that and Mm -hmm. things would have been different. That's bargaining. Yeah. Right. And that's not necessarily going to help because maybe what you did at the time was the best thing you could do. Well, also, when you're if you're in a toxic if you're with somebody who is oh, toxic God, to yeah. you, how can you even get to that right, place? Right. So I think that, I mean, you know. Exactly. Well, and so that brought me to another point, which is to say you should stay married because maybe there's a way of figuring out that you can maintain, maintain your marriage uh, and edit the dynamics of it so that your marriage changes so that you can ultimately get what you want. Right. And we had talked about this before, about having people on the show who had been in open marriages and whatnot and figure out a way to make it work. We don't often think of those things, I think, critically enough or to the point where they could actually be really useful for us. We think that it's either marriage or divorce and there's no gray in between. And that could actually be really or useful. Cheating. For, or cheating. <laughs> right. We, we label it as cheating. We don't yeah. really ask ourselves what it's about and how it impacts people. Yeah. If someone is, is um, seeking connection outside of the marriage, that's what it is, okay? It's not necessarily cheating. If somebody is seeking connection outside of the marriage, they're not feeling the connection they need, whether it's physical or emotional, from their spouse, you know, it's either a matter of saying, okay, let's make this connection happen again and let's see if we can make it happen again. But if it doesn't happen again and both people are kind of okay with, you know, with, with, with that relationship, then I think it's a really healthy way, in all honesty. Nice. Personally. Nice. What about divorce, though? Why are you pro-divorce? 
Um, Assuming again, it's not physically harmful. To well, yeah, I was going to say obviously right. the 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 you know abuse. I think that there's a lot of um, not just physical, emotional, but like a lot of financial abuse, a lot of issues with control. If you're with someone that is controlling you, it can go both ways, man or woman. I think that that's not healthy, and that's not a good example for your kids. Um, that might be a reason. Um, uh, I think the lack of division of labor gets to a point. We've talked about this a lot, and it seems like it seems like it shouldn't. I feel like the older generations before us would be like, "That's not a reason to to get a divorce." No, because that's the way they did it. And I would argue there's still probably a lot of people now who would argue that they don't give a crap about that. Yeah, there's no reason to divorce either. But I think that if it's to the point that it is really um, destroying your your sense of self and it's making, you know, and it's bringing out the worst in you and you're not getting, it's basically a lack of support. It's a lack of support. And um, I think that that's not something that people should have to live with. You know, that can really take a toll on you. It's exhausting, really. Yeah. That's what it is. And you start treating someone else like a butler or taking them from granted. You feel entitled. It's not good. Yeah, and I really do think it's when people say the work, it's like, you know, if you've gone to counseling or you've met with coaching and you've done, you know, you've done those things and you've really weighed out the options, then yeah, get a Yeah, I go a little bit more general than that. Like I say things like if it's good for you in the sense of like, yeah, if you're exhausted from the lack of emotional equity or or labor equity in your home, <clears throat> Uh, or if it's good for you in the sense that, like, it's a really suffocating environment, right? Having nothing to do with abuse, but just because you can't really be who you want to be. Mm -hmm. right? You don't feel like marriage helps you in that way. It doesn't bring out the best in exactly. you. Being with someone right? that brings out the worst in you, That's obviously. Exactly right. yeah. And then the flip side of it, it could be good for your spouse. Maybe you're the reason why your spouse is a real shit, right? And, like, they need to be away from you, and the marriage isn't working out from them. And for their mm -hmm. sake, the marriage needs to end. For the kids, we've talked about that and not, you know, them not growing up in that environment. I also said for the sake of the relationship, right? Maybe you had a friendship beforehand that needs to be preserved or maybe even, you know, since the relationship isn't working out, you need to get divorced because you still have kids there, right? And they need to see that relationship working out. You need to have something functional, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just not going anywhere. And then the other thing I said was that it could be a good example for someone else. I mean, what we're talking about is not just something that happens in your own life. Marriage is an institution that's been passed on for generations, for millennia. So wouldn't it be something to be able to say, I'm going to step outside the norm, Yeah. right? To allow people to see that, particularly in communities where that happens so frequently, right? To be able to step outside of that and say, you know, I'm doing something differently and I don't care what you say, right? This is a matter of being an example towards a conventional institution that requires checking, I think, from time to time to really explore what it's about. Because I think we all know that it's not perfect. That's why mm -hmm. we have these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like I felt like for me that was that was my situation because it was like I was breaking up a family and ending a marriage just because I was choosing ha to be happy. You know what I mean? Like that's what it looked like is like, oh, she's I was just claiming my. Well, and that I need, just did not want to be miserable anymore. No, and that's a but totally it was, valid thing. Yeah, but it, it's a harder thing. I mean. But a generation ago, like, though, there's no, you wouldn't have been privileged for that. And a generation ago, you would have been thought of cra as crazy for yeah. wanting something like and, that. And that's the feeling I got from, like, people in his family oh, that were sure. older. And I was the, like, you know. Right. Yeah. So, but it was, but I did prove to myself and to people around me that my life improved drastically once I was. Once we split up and it's just kind of 
And that'll be the longitudinal you know? lesson you give to the boys too. Yeah. Right. It really will be. Yeah. There you go, folks. There's lots of good reasons to either stay in your marriage or get divorced. You heard it from two skilled and veteran divorce coaches who have been through it themselves, right? It, it depends, right? It really depends your circumstance and what's working for you and what's not working for you and what your possibilities are. But the advantage of working with a divorce coach is that you don't make these decisions in a vacuum, yep. right? And you have someone to bounce them off with. And you can actually think clearly about, are you moving towards a bigger picture or are you operating emotionally in that moment? Mm-hmm. Great. There you go. Well. Without. But No, I was just going to say, say, I was going to say thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. And without just ending the conversation by trailing off, we're officially ending the conversation now. <laughs> With another reference to Jumbo's Clown Room. <laughs> See you next If week. you're interested in becoming one of our sponsors or have questions and thoughts about the podcast, please email us at thejewishdivorceproject at gmail.com. And you can always find us on social media at The Jewish Divorce Project on Facebook and Instagram. And if you'd like to work with me, I specialize in divorce coaching for women. I can be found at mydivorceconcierge.com and on Facebook and Instagram at mydivorceconcierge. And if you're interested in working with me for divorce coaching or spiritual coaching, I work with people of all kinds, of all backgrounds as well. My email address is noamrauscher at gmail.com. That's N-O-A-M-R-A-U-C-H-E-R at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram at noamrauscher.